Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Danny, it's here, baby. Match week. Cheers to you. What are you drinking today match, at match. Elizabeth Parlor Room? It's match week one, Danny Brams. Right, and it's re- it's almost match day. When you're By the time you're listening to this, it could be 24 hours to match day, depending on how diehard you are. But uh, I'm drinking an Old Meg Copper, man. You know it. I, I sing the praises every week. I'm a huge OMB fan in general. Love the Copper as a beer. And... Uh, until they have it here on tap, so I'm going to drink it until they until they can put the surf wax uh, from oh. Burial and the uh, the uh, the Lucid Dreams from Town Brewing on on tap. I'm usually going to be heading to Copper, but I might I might switch up to a uh, maybe a Noda after this. You know they got it. They got the uh, they got the IPAs on tap. I might hit that up. You know I might go back to my roots on this show. They, they've also got a Bird Song IPA as well. Uh, and you know what I had uh, this past weekend before. The, the Birmingham Legion match was a nice Magnus. Oh yeah, you were drinking Magnus this weekend. Magnus that, I know you love like Magnus. Yeah, Magnus, exactly. Magnus yeah. was great. So that's that's a good breakfast beer, right? Oh, it's, yeah. the, it's the perfect way to ease into a morning of drinking. Considering we got here at 10 a.m. and had a fantastic time at Parlor Room with so many tremendous friends of the show. Great to see my good friend Kevin Anderson drop by. Oh yeah. Finally got a chance to see Kevin be in the supporters section. Got season tickets this year. What a legend. He's a tremendous friend of the show. There's no doubt about that. Michael Volak, of course. Jenny was here as well. Whole crew. Matt Barbie was yeah, here. Yeah, Barbie and son. Uh, the, the sports addict. The real, the, the Greensboro realtor. Uh, big big TIFOs that we uh, have always loved engaging with. And find, This is our first time meeting him in person. So a year into this project, we're still meeting... Uh, new TIFOs for the first time in person, which is great. And thanks to everybody who showed up and showed out. And we met somebody new at the at the game as well. DB's hot takes. I thought, uh, yeah, exactly. We finally, I, I finally yeah, yeah. figured it out that yeah. it is not your second right. burner we, account. We proved that DB's hot takes <laughs> is not uh, my burner account. Uh, shout out to uh, he is named Daniel B, just like me. So, but shout out <laughs> to Daniel, who's a really cool guy who uh, met up with us, and uh, we uh, he you know he likes to party, and we like to party, and we had a good old time, and. Uh, had some good analysis. It was, it was really interesting. I thought the first half probably told more than the second half. Of this case, which was the opposite of the, uh, the previous friendly against Charleston Battery, where the second half told the tale. This one was more about first half and gave up a couple uh, soft goals on on counters uh, that we don't want to see on Saturday. But overall, the team was clicking. I was like, I was grinning ear to ear at halftime just because it was, and there was really like a 20 minute stretch. Granted, it's a friendly against USL club, but like. There was a 20-minute stretch in the first half where there was like the, the most clicking our offense had ever looked, and I was like loving life. And that's why at halftime I told you, I said, I'm satisfied. Dude. Yeah. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm going I, to hooligans. <laughs> I'm going to the pump. Yeah, like, yeah, and, exactly. And that, that was my move. I, I was feeling so good about that match, and, and we don't need to talk about that, though. No, we're here to talk about the New real England, match. New England. Yeah, of course. Saturday that's night. what it's really all about officially announced this week that 60,000 tickets Danny Brams have been sold. Now I'm on record. I thought we'd get to 75. It's looking a little less likely, uh, you know, 72 hours out, 36 hours out here. There's going to be a 5,000 ticket FOMO grab. There'll be a bump. There will be a late bump for sure. 24 Yeah, I feel really confident in 65 now, obviously, like for sure. And decently confident in 70. Starting to waver on my 75K prediction. We'll see. Brad Panovich, uh, the official weatherman oh, weather of, of the Charlotte Soccer Show. <laughs> the official weatherman of, of the Carolinas. Let's just call it that, you know, easy. He came in and he said that um, there could be a little tiny bit of rain on yeah. Saturday, but just a brief shower. And what did you call that? 
perfect soccer weather. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be low 50s. Exactly. Like, this is exactly how uh-huh. I want to see a soccer match. Uh, speaking of the soccer match, we've got... Um, is this uh, the, little the Europa League? The Barcelona, Manchester United. Yeah, that just came on here at the parlor room. Yeah, just kicked off, and uh, that's just one of the reasons you come to parlor room is to see a big match. We had it was like three or four people just walked in right at kickoff here just to uh, to watch the Reds. The ties two two after one leg. It's, <laughs> this is a big match, as we like to say, all to play for. It's, it's all to play for tonight. There's no doubt about that. And almost an early goal, believe it or not. Great save. So, anyway. Nice. Let's let's dive in, Danny Rams. I've done some work scouting New England. You've done some work scouting New England. We both have scouted at Charlotte FC over uh, the last year and a half at this point. And every day of my every day of my life, pretty much every day that Charlotte FC has been in existence, I've been scouting them. There's never been a bigger <laughs> match than this, Danny. Right? You know, your 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 big your next match is always your biggest one. Uh, no, yeah. but this is the match. It's it's the 60k, it's the 70k home opener last year. The draw, right? You leave with a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth right. after the loss, I should say. Yeah, to, to Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Efra Alvarez, Wonder Strike. The one-nil loss. You, you leave with that. Field. It yeah. should have been a draw. You leave with that sour taste after after the loss because of a 10 out of 10 strike. Yeah. I mean, I can still picture that in my mind mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the revenge game for that, Danny. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's time to we have to defend the fortress and and uh, fill the fortress and protect the keep and all of that. You know, like that we we expect to be better on the road this year than we were last year, but we have to keep that home field advantage that was so crucial to us last season. And we have we have to make it pay. And New England, I don't really fear New England. Like New England, we were actually able to beat at the keep last year, which is nice. Uh, it'd be nice to, like you said, get that first win of the season at home feeling and, and go undefeated at home as long as we possibly can into into this season, right? So, like, that's that's what's on the table. I think we're going to be able to score goals. It's a, it's a, It comes down to a matter of this sort of makeshift back line, this new goalkeeper. As much as I love Pablo and as much as I love our, all our individual guys on the back line, it's a whole new mesh. It's a whole new nexus. It's a whole new combination. It's a whole new chemistry. It's like it's like the, you're guaranteed that this whatever starting you know four uh, four defenders and goalkeeper being Pablo that they put out there on Saturday uh, is a new combination that will never have played together as a foursome for Charlotte before. So you got that factor, and then today, by the way, Christian Latanzio he did not rule out the possibility of Bill. Big Bill. Tuiloma. Big Bill Tuiloma. Love that guy. He could potentially, Danny Graham. Did he say he might start? Yes, he, he didn't rule it out. Okay. He didn't rule it out. It's real interesting because, like, as much as Derek Jones has had it going on as, as a makeshift fill-in on as center back, ultimately we all know that's not his real position, whereas it is the more natural position for Tuiloma, so I get it. Melanda, so I got to own up to, on our last episode, I think I said Melanda, I don't expect him to be ready to the start of the season, and then he went and played. Uh, almost, you know, mo- almost an hour, I think, against uh, Birmingham Legion, and that was awesome. I- I've never been so happy to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong sometimes on this cast, but I did give an honest opinion. And like, uh, Melanda looked good. He did look, though. He looked spent. He, just like you said, I'm good on this first 45. <laughs> that was pretty much Addy Melanda uh, being yeah. good on the first 45 as well, because he was like, just he looked like. He was huffing and puffing at the end of the first half, and he wasn't much better at the start of the second before the subs finally came in. So I'm worried about his ability to go 90. 
So it's like, I I think we can almost be certain that we will see Billy Bill Tuiloma play, whether he starts or not. I feel like Milanda's going to need a sub at some point, one just as he works his way back to full conditioning. And so I would expect Tuiloma to make an appearance, if not a start, for sure. Man, I would hate to see Derek Jones on the bench to start the season after all the work that he's put in. Right. Just to have somebody else come in and just take a spot I mean, like after, that. Right. After you freaking came up with a song for him. Yeah. You know, we, we put the song together. Uh, he's He's been the ultimate soldier for this team and someone who's, like, committed to the cause. We predict him as a potential breakout star in the league in his role. But it's just, like, the problem is now it's he's got Bronny and Westwood in front of him in that de- defensive midfield. And Westwood, speaking of uh, Laddie Daddy's press conference uh, today, he cited Westwood as just like the standard setter for this team, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. And like, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that at all for one reason, and I'll tell you why. We we all saw it, or if you were paying attention, you saw it. After the goal to finish the first half against Birmingham, right when Birmingham scored right at the end, last kick of the first half. Yeah. Of the first half. After we put on a clinic as a three leading 3-0. And you go into and you concede right before half. The entire uh, season ticket holder group that, by the way, had access to the stadium and, and thank you so much for the club to make that happen Incredible. this past weekend. Everybody stood up and wanted to give an applause and clap the players off the pitch. Westwood left, led the group off the pitch, didn't even barely acknowledge the supporters, right. and was fucking furious. Right, head down, stomping. Like yeah, and he and that set the tone because then all the rest of the players were like that too. Pablo was really pissed. Westwood was, but Westwood set the tone as, as Latanzio said, and that was the real world example that we saw that backs that up for sure. It's remarkable. So, uh, the gemstone. The gemstone. It wasn't enough. It was not good enough to concede a weak goal on a counterattack right before the end of half. Doesn't matter how good. So my whole one of my overriding themes in this preseason has, preseason has been like. Hey, we're just going to outscore everybody. That's how we're going to find success because we brought in Copetti, we brought in Westwood, we got the wingers, you know, coordinated and depth at that position. We're just going to go get three goals a game and hopefully that leads us to wins. That's kind of like my whole deal. Yeah. But like, Ashley basically said, no, that's not good enough. You can get three goals in the first half. If you concede one, I'm pissed. And that that is probably a better attitude for the player to have as opposed to the podcaster, for sure. He's veteran enough to know the worst time to concede in <laughs> soccer is right going into yes, halftime. Yes, 100%. And he yeah. doesn't want to have that feeling, and he refuses to let that happen to this yes, club. Yes, exactly. And it was a moment of leadership. They were probably yelling in the locker room when it happened. It, it was a moment of leadership. And by the way, there was a question that came in from one of our tremendous friends of the show. Which, by the way, you can tweet us questions anytime at For the Crown Baby. We'll make sure that we answer them here on the show. The question was, any chance Westwood gets the armband? I think, I, I believe he wore it on Saturday against the Legion, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I never, I didn't make it a thing to check, but somebody told me. I probably should have, like, made sure I checked and I forgot to. But someone told me post-game that, uh, it, that he had been the captain for the match, and that's pretty cool. So, we talked about... Carol Swiderski being captain. We talked about Brant Bronico being captain. It seems like uh, a third horse yes. has uh, rounded the quarter pole right. and put himself into the race here. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? If, if, if Westwood ends up being our captain, um, I think that's a really, really good thing for the squad. And shout out to Brandon Davis, who, who checked in. Great TIFOs. Uh, with, with that question. Uh, hit us on social, at For the Crown Baby, Please. at Danny Brams at John Hayes on air. Love to join the conversation. And I I think from a preview point of view, 
you have to think about this game in two ways, right? You've already brought up the first part, the back line, right? Right. All new back line. Chemistry needs to find its way. Chemistry needs to bubble up to the surface as quickly as possible. Who is Charlotte going to have to worry about? Carlos Hill is going to be in an attacking role in this match. You have um, Latif Blessing, who was who was right. signed He's by the New newcomer. England. Yep. I, I did not. I, I try to get eyes on New England's preseason match against Orlando. I did not see Blessing really make an impact there. Uh, I'm not sure if he's fit to play, but that's a big signing for them this offseason. Bobby Wood joined this club. I, I don't know if he's going to play. The ghost either. of Bobby Wood. <laughs> Somehow he yeah. joined this club. And um, you, you've got a, a coach in, in Reyna that like knows how to be a tactician. And, and even though that they lost uh, Buxka, was it? They lost Adam Buxka and Tejon Buchanan. Which the Buchanan loss has been a while, and I, I, I posit that those were huge losses for them because what you saw was Carlos Heel's production dropped off big when those two left the club. Right. But now they've replaced them at, at striker Veroni, a striker that yep. was signed last summer from from Italy. I'd be I'd expect he's not him. Italian, but he's from the Italian. I league. think if I were to choose somebody, maybe uh, that doesn't really feel that threatening. It's him, and I hope that doesn't come to bite me in the ass, but... Yeah, he came in... I mean, he was part of their team since the end of last summer. Yes. And, and yeah. uh, had maybe about as much impact as Nuno Santos did. So, you know, not, <laughs> not, a, not a slight to Nuno. It just took him a little while to get up and running. Not, so, that's not to say that's no impact, but it's not as that much impact is what I'm trying to say. And then there's a another player who was in Europe this week on their their top line as well. Barrero? Or Bo, oh Bo, Gustavo Bo. He yes. was in Argentina, yeah. Bo, Bo's coming back from Argentina. So he, he's, yeah, he El Pantera. For the match. Yeah, Pantera, Bo. He can play striker, he can play right wing. Uh, he's, he's been a really good player for them. Another one who kind of fell off last year after two really good seasons before that. So I think New England's overrated. I, I don't really rate this attack that much. That We could be surprised, but I, Carlos Heel is good. But he's not some like magical uh, like player that, that creates things out of thin air. He's just set up well and was really teamed well with some speedy, uh, talented finishers. And Buxa is like seven feet tall. You remember when New England came to face Charlotte here, and Buxa like was like probably the most dangerous player against us, like with runs in the box and things like that. I believe he scored a goal if I remember right. So like, I, I, I just don't think they get the same thing from Veroni that they got from Adam Buxa. I don't think they get the same thing from Barrero that they got from Tejon Buchanan. I just don't think, I don't see any reason to think New England's going to be any better than they were last year when we were able to handle them pretty well. For the most part, I think we split results with them 1-1, right? So I just think we should be looking for a win. I, I, like anything less than, a draw would be unacceptable to me, perfectly, as a fan at this point. Yeah, this, so is a, a this, game. Is, this is a go-get-three-points game, 100%. A, a launching pad for the season, for sure. There's one person you, that, that could get in the way of this. And it's the keeper, Petrovic. Petrovic is good. And the reason why I bring that up he's is because... He's getting major you know, like, uh, buzz to Europe already, yes. sort of like Slanino was last year. You're, you're talking about a player that's you know on the cusp of that world-class designation. Yep. And the scouts from the, the biggest clubs in the world are very aware of who he is, what sure. he can do, and what his skill set is. And Taylor Twelman uh, in the build-up to this season. GT. What he said himself, he said that he's already better than Matt Turner. Yeah. That he says that Petrovic, who, who is Matt Turner's replacement, 
is better than Matt Turner at this point in his career, which is a big statement considering I thought Matt Turner played unbelievably well in the World Cup and has done so for Arsenal. Yeah, when he's appeared well. for Arsenal, he's been well. Uh, Turner famously got started very late in soccer, so it doesn't make, you know, it's ob- it's kind of like a, it's a non, it's a uh, tautology to say that Petrovic is better than Turner was at this point in his career because Petrovic's much younger and Turner got like a very late, he te- okay. pe- I don't think Turner played youth soccer. I think he only like took the game up in college. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I respect all opinions that come from TFOs, especially TTs, and uh, I think he's right about Petrovic. The one thing I will say that I didn't say before is that what we do have to worry about is uh, the, the fullbacks. Both Dewan Jones and Brandon By are dangerous fullbacks for New England, and they're going to get out to the wide areas. And going up against that makeshift back line that we talked about earlier, it could be a little tough. You saw... If you saw our tactics in the last couple of preseason friendlies, you saw that left-back position, whether it was Affle who started or Mora who came in for him each time, that left-back position is almost playing like a central mid. When we're when we're in the attacking half, the left-back is drawn way in, yeah. and that's just going to open us up to possible counterattacks, I think, down that right wing for the opponents. And you get Brandon By, who had some was a league leader, not the league leader, but among the league leaders of assists last year, I believe, for MLS. He serves in a mean cross, and, like, that's dangerous. But the good news is New England center-back combo is very weak, in my opinion. Kessler and Romney. Romney, I, I think this is his first year with New England. He's played for LA Galaxy in Nashville and kicked around the league a little bit. He's not really that great. So, again, we should win this. Do you want my score prediction, or should I hold off on the score prediction? Hold off on the score All prediction. All right, I got one. But uh, I'm not saying New England presents no threat, but I just really feel like we know what their threats are, and so we should be able to contain them, if that makes sense. So that's your scouting report, New England Revolution. It's not like it's this shit side that's coming into right. to Definitely not. the fortress. But they're not better Saturday. than they were last year, in my opinion. But think about it this way. Two seasons ago, you're talking about Supporter Shield champions. Right. Winners. Record win- record setter and points winners. Yeah. Last year, you're talking about a team that finished lower on the table than Charlotte FC. Right. So it's been a volatile couple of seasons for New England. And who knows what their path forward is here, but... According to the current trend of two seasons, they're regressing, right? And I think Charlotte FC should go that opposite direction. Yeah, we're we're season. on the come up. So this this is like this is what we've been saying all off season. This is our first chance to prove it, and it needs like the last thing I can handle right now at this point in my Charlotte FC uh, supporter life is a dashing of expectations. Like, if we were to come out and, like, look like crap in this game and, like, struggle to a 1-1 draw or lose 2-1 or something like that, I would flip my shh because, like, like it would, it would like, shatter my, my confidence in life that I've been carrying around with me for the last few months. I have to start the, the rebuilding process because, like, I, I've tied a lot of my uh, sort of psyche into, like, believing that Charlotte FC is going to be a much better club this year. I just truly, honestly believe with all of my soul. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, he's Danny Brams. As Robert Lewandowski steps up to the spot <laughs> to take a PK kick for Barcelona against David De Gea and Manchester United. The referee's ready to blow his whistle. Oh! Wow. Chipped him? <laughs> no, he, De Gea got a piece of it diving to the left. Off the post into the net. Wow. It, it was not a lot of pace behind that shot. Yeah, I that's, think that's yeah. why you thought it was a chip. Right. Yeah, was it like, was wait. not a chip yeah. down the middle. It was almost like a, a tr- he tried to place it in the <laughs> little, top right like corner. Like a knuckleball? Yeah. Oh, 
did he just do the old man old man bending over celebration? Check check his bad back. Barcelona fans going wild. It's, it's or maybe he actually is hurt. Shoot. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Abrams. There's a replay for you. Just not a lot of pace on it to the to the right hand side, left hand side of De Gea. He gets a piece of it off the post and in. That's a weird penalty taken for him. Stutter step with a hop. I don't like it. There's some live commentary for you um, that won't be live when you're listening to it <laughs> on the Charlotte Soccer Show. But uh, it's it's a it's a European afternoon here. Should we toast that penalty goal with another beer? What do you say? That's the plan. We're back after this. We're going to answer some of your questions. We're going to give you our predicted 11. I think we'll go through that pretty quickly. We, we really know what this lineup looks like right now. I promise you, before, before last year, we, we couldn't do the same thing. We're back after this. All right, we're back on the show and just met a new listener during the break. Right. We're making new tremendous friends of the show here at Parlor Room. Some folks who came in to watch Man United, they saw us recording over here in the corner. They said, hey, what's the name of your show? We'll follow. And now they're in. And now they're hopefully listening to this episode. Shout out to you guys. I brought that up for one reason. Because when we introduce this show to people, the first thing that they do is they go on, whether they're listening on Apple or Spotify, any device, and they look at the rating. And they look at the review. Right. And those give podcasts credibility. They tell the tale. Thank you for your ratings. Thank you for your reviews. We really appreciate this. Right. Best podcast listening crew in the business. Everybody knows that. The TIFOs are world famous at this point. We've done now, I think this is the 65th episode of the show. Might be 66. I've I've lost count at this point. Right. Well, you know, it's the 60s. Everything's a little (laughs) hazy in the 60s. You know, what can you say? We appreciate you being here. Uh, if you haven't dropped us a rating, if you haven't dropped us a review, now would be a really good time to do it. So ne- never too late to do the right thing. <laughs> every new season, we're going to have new people who want to be a part of this community, want to enjoy the uh, the club and, and enjoy everything that comes with, with soccer season in Charlotte, which, by the way, Charlotte Independence, their season opener in just about three weeks' time happening as well. And that's a reminder. We're at Elizabeth Parlor Room. We're here in Elizabeth. And we've got a watch party coming up on Saturday, March 4th. We're going to get everybody together to watch that first away match, the first match in St. Louis City SC FC <laughs> United <laughs> Juniors. Yep, exactly. Rovers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that's our dream, dream crusher night, we're calling it, on March 4th. Ho- hopefully it won't be our dreams of a fun party getting crushed. But. Uh, we're going to be out here at... Uh, we're going to be out here late that, that night uh, because it's, I think it's an 8.30 kickoff. I think it's an 8.30 kickoff that <laughs> night. One of those what is an 8.30. Central kickoff. time zone. Yikes. <laughs> so it's going to get rowdy here, and uh, we're excited to see you all and, and show the love here for Elizabeth Parlor Room, for Matt the bartender, who, by the way, congratulations, Matt. Uh, an award-winning barkeep. He's the host bartender here at Parlor Room, and he his cocktails win prizes. That's all I can say. And award get, winning. Yeah, you're gonna have a good night if you're having Matt Miranda cocktails. Especially Everybody knows that. if you like some gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this uh, what was it? Conniption gin that he showed us gave us the whole uh, background of the term Navy strength, which maybe maybe Volak knows something about that, right? He was in the Navy, <laughs> but uh, 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 I didn't never heard the term Navy strength before, so it was, it was interesting to. Uh, uh, 
learn something. Learn something. Daddy. Yeah, that's, exactly. and that's what we yeah. try to do every basically, day. Basically, basically, gin that's stronger than the average gin is called Navy strength because you know those drunken sailors they need to they need to get their their spirits and their high proof. What would you do with a drunken sailor? What would you do with a drunken sailor? What would you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> Early in the morning. <laughs> cheers to you and cheers to this Saturday night's game against right. the New England Revolution. Whew. We want to answer questions, but there's really just one question. There's only one question. In. Yeah. We keep getting the same question from everybody, basically. Who's going to play? What's the 11 look like? Is Tui Loma in for you? I'm not going to say Tui Loma starts. Okay. I'm going to make it real easy. I'm going to say the 11 that started against Birmingham Legion is the 11, with except for Byrne. I think Byrne's back in training, so Byrne. Well, Byrne did start, but he left yeah, at halftime. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's the 11 that start. except, no, I think Vargas will start over Gaines. That's what I think. It's the 11 that started with Birmingham, except I think Kerwin comes back in for McKenzie. How good did Gaines look? I mean, he looked amazing. I would, I'm not saying that's what I would do, but that's what I think that's will happen. That's projected Yeah, 11. exactly. And, like, with the ball, so what the beautiful thing that kept happening right in front of us in the, in the first half, like where we just happened to choose to sit, was, like, this awesome zone for seeing what Gabriel Byrne was trying to accomplish out there. Nathan Byrne, excuse me. Sorry, I'm Ga- I keep. I always say Gabriel Byrne because I'm a huge Usual Suspects fan. Gabriel Byrne <laughs> plays uh, uh, Keaton, you know, the, the crooked cop who uh, the story revolves around. So, I, uh, you know, great Irish actor Gabriel Byrne. Nathan Byrne, forgive me to bring it back to For the Crown. Nathan Byrne, what he would do is he'd get the ball and he would draw a, the defender. He would draw, like, a double team. He would draw two players to himself. He would seal off, and then he would just kind of turn around and like serve a ball up over the top down the right wing, knowing that Gaines has the elite speed to just go track that down every time. And so this this like right wing ball over the top became like this really awesome like start. It was a way to sort of like start the engagement in the offensive third and like get get ourselves into a good position. And so sometimes Gaines would make a play off that. Sometimes he'd go track it down and pass it off, and it would develop through someone else. But like. That right wing ball over the top was just, I mean, granted, again, it's Birmingham Legion, it's preseason friendly, but it just looked like it was so potent. And it just led to us like having such a good run of form for like 20, 30 minutes where we were just kind of doing it, whatever we wanted in the offensive third. I would love to see Gaines be able to do that. Kerwin Vargas doesn't have Gaines' speed, but he does have a better technical dribbling ability. So he's better for like a slow buildup that we might maybe, you know, against an MLS team in a, in a regular season match, we might need to take things a little bit more sort of slow build up and like work the ball around to try to get open and so I think that's why all other things I've always said I think that Latanzio likes Vargas just like as a, his I was called Kerwin I always call Vargas uh, Latanzio's son because it just seems like he's always going to be yeah, Laddie Laddie son. Laddie Daddy's son because yeah. uh, it seems like he's just always going to be in there no matter what but I don't have a problem with it so uh, it's all good and I, so yeah so what that 11 would have been what was was Pablo Affle at left back Jones and Milanda center backs, yep. burn right back, Westwood Bronico midfield, uh, three across the top would be uh, Yusviak, Swiderski, and then they had games, I think it'll be Vargas and then Capetti at the very tip of the spear, and that's who we'll probably see line up against New England. I'd be shocked if it was different, to be honest. I like that. I'll agree with it. But I will guarantee that we'll see both Vargas and Gaines. Yeah, Gaines will 100% I, I, will sub I, I think, in, for sure. I think that that is one of the first substitutions you'll see. Yeah. And then, ultimately, on the left-hand side, what are you expecting there? You know, the Bulldog, Camille Yuzviak, he scores a goal against Birmingham. Great goal. The Carroll cross, cross from distance 
to a pinpoint spot at the back post for Yusviak was absolutely incredible last it was, Saturday. It was like, nice. I was just like, oh my god. It reminded me of the Marcelino Moreno ball that we saw in Atlanta last year when he crossed it down to Moreni, and then Moreni did a little okie doke stoppage time winner move on us. That really sucked. This was sort of like my seeing, like it was, a, I healed. I had a healing process of seeing a beautiful ball served by one of our players cross field like that as opposed to the Atlanta guys. So that was cool. Unbelievable. And, and from Westwood too, into the box for Copetti's oh, goal. Yeah, oh, of course. Service. Yeah, free kick. Top, I mean. Westwood on over all the sets, free kicks, corner kicks, he was like, this is my ball. You know what another nickname for uh, Westwood it could have been? The Butler. <laughs> just serving it up. <laughs> He's just got yeah, great Jeeves. Service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeeves the gemstone, we can call him for sure. But uh, oh, there's just classy service, and I think that's what we're going to see. And so I'm going to agree with you, except for I've got Mackenzie Gaines starting. Okay. I think I think if you look at this past Saturday, you see what Gaines did in the first half. He definitely was great. And the way that the first half looked, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go with that. I know. It's tough to bench that for sure. And I would Gaines love to see Gaines guy. get locked in. Yeah, I'm just, he's right. He's your guy. Right, but when you're competing against the coach's son, it's a little bit tough. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's, uh, that's totally uh, fair. That's totally uh, fair. I think, what do you think of the school of thought, you tell me, of, oh, well, Gaines is actually better as a sub because then the defense is tired and his speed, which is his most important advantage, becomes even more of an advantage. What Do you, do you, do you buy into that or no? No. No. I, the reason why is because I just think you have to, you have to just individually rate these players mm-hmm. and think about their space on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Because like, I'm just like thinking about Gaines' space mm-hmm. and where Vargas would be and what the offering is there. From both players, and both are really good. But you said about the pace. Yeah, the, the pace is just, just you, in undeniable. That, in that right, especially with Yuzbek on the other side, who isn't a pacey player. Right, he's, he's more technical. M- yeah, you know, so, and more effort. <laughs> he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, he's exactly. a try hard for sure. <laughs> we love you, Camille. <laughs> we do, and he's he's really he's he's changed his perception for sure. Right. He certainly, has. he's got people out there calling him the Polish bulldog. I think they're making T-shirts about the Polish bulldog at this point, but. Uh, yeah, so one thing I just kind of came to me, though, is the, way, the how I mentioned how New England likes to attack through width through their fullbacks, Bye yeah. and uh, Jones. Like, that that opens up, that is reason to actually start McKinsey for me, now that I think about it a little more, because, like, if, if we're going to catch them on a counter, if we're going to catch them cheating with their fullbacks too far forward, who better to, to catch that out than the guy who's the fastest guy on the team and one of the fastest in the league, for sure. It's going to be absolutely and, electric and, and more pin like it's again when we talk about his speed i don't want to relegate it to just his speed because like this guy has turned crossing from a weakness into a strength he's delivering pinpoint crosses he had another one last saturday where like he created a chance that could have been a goal it just got broken up by the defender on the other end but like he's like he's pinpoint he's pinging crosses that like find their intended targets very nicely now it's going to be absolutely electric if on the on the opening night, if Gaines is in this space and he's just like performing really well and pacing the game, like it will be electric. That's the type mm-hmm. of that's the type of front foot attacking soccer that Latanzio mm-hmm. wants to play. Like he's a, he's the kind of a pace setter. Think of yeah. it like um, you know we've already made one horse racing. Uh, I'm, I'm here for analogy. another. Let's talk about the uh, the horse that gets into the front of the pack, the lead horse. Right. 
the horse that's, the just, gonna, that, that's just going to go out there and he's right. going to just freaking go got, hard. It, it, if, if you want to keep up, this is how fast you have to go. Yes, yes. Like, like yes. That. <laughs> that's and, what it is, yeah. And Gaines doesn't even have to finish the race. Right. He proved that last Saturday. Right? He can just, let me set the pace. Right. And then... Let me help us build a 3-0 lead by, like, kicking off almost every single attack for 30 minutes. And, and then... And then yeah. when we need possession, yeah. we're going to bring in the, the talented dribbler. Right. Someone who can hold on to the ball and work technically. I love and, it. And, and Charlotte FC wins. So if I'm Latanzio, I'm Christian Latanzio. By the way, I just... I've got to say on today's show that the one thing that is standing out to me as we're you know about to wrap up our, our season preview for game one is just the total lack of conversation about Christian Latanzio. Right? From where this 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 franchise, mm-hmm. where this club was six months ago, ten months ago, to now. The amount of credibility that Latanzio has built up for himself, yeah, mind you, without making the playoffs, right, is is is, and I'll go back to something that I've, I said on previous podcasts, right. He's got the tools. Not every manager has success with the most expensive tool belt, with the best tools. Some managers don't know how to, do, you know. This is as much as we're looking at somebody like Enzo Capetti for the first time. As much as we're looking at somebody like Ashley Westwood for the first time, we're looking at Christian Latanzio for the first time. Fresh eyes. And I I don't know what my expectations are. If I'm being 100% honest with you, I don't think he's good enough to be Charlotte (laughs) FC's manager. Oh, come on. And I have felt that way. Don't drop these hot takes at the end of a show like this. I have felt this this way. I have felt this way for Monty. Go back and listen to the show. But. Since the murder mystery days. Yeah. But. Here we are. And here he is. And he's doing a great job. But if Charlotte FC doesn't get a result on Saturday and then doesn't get a result next Saturday, the conversation is going to be about right. him. Oh, it's right. Hair's on fire at that point. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. A hundred percent. All I can say is, this is my scouting report on Latanzio. And it's not necessarily the most flattering one, but it is what it is. And this is something I've felt for the last week or so, basically. Uh, every... Latanzio's not a young man. I'm not a young man. I mean, it's not a that's a badge of honor to be worn with pride. Yeah. But Wisdom. it's something that you get as you grow older. He looks to me just from looking at him, he looks like he's feeling he looks like he's wearing this pressure. Like he looks older, he looks like he's aged 3 years in inside of one. He his hair looks a little grayer, it looks a little thinner. He looks he's happy. I think he is embracing the fan culture and the 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 way he like blushed when the whole laddie daddy thing came up in the press <laughs> conference today is like a sign that he's like making the steps towards connecting with the fans that we've always wanted to see. But I can't help but just think that Latanzio looks like he is putting in the late nights. He's the first person in, last person to leave, and it's starting to weigh on him a little bit, just like it does on like a president. You always see the presidents of the United States; they're entering office, leaving office. Photos yes. are like insane. I'm not saying he has as much pressure as the president of the United States on him. He but has I, more. I'm, exactly, he's just cl- <laughs> manager of a club with uh, you know thirsty supporters for sure. Yeah, that is more pressure now that I think about it. So I just think uh, the fact that he's wearing it that hard, in my opinion, at least to me. Shows that he's doing the work, and I think it's going to pay off in results. I think I think he's going to get uh, get all that he's put into it uh, to come back to him this year. But again, I'm irrationally optimistic and, and so happy about this club. If results go south, 
you can expect uh, the drinks to flow and the uh, the commentary to take a turn in the coming weeks. But I have more belief that we're going to be in a celebratory mood for like the next couple of months here on the show, personally. That's exciting, and uh, it's great for the city. I think Charlotte FC has potential to do something this season. Are they the best kept secret in MLS? That's a question that we've asked our TFOs, and I think at 45 to 1 to win MLS Cup, that's just value you yeah. can't pass up. Yeah, let's and make some money. The reason why you can't pass it up is simply just because if Charlotte FC can make the playoffs, those odds from 45 to 1 shrink in half. Right, right. Which. Well, is that before or after the, the three-game series? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The MLS playoff yeah, rules. We forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you, you can read about that on The Athletic. We're not even yeah, talking exactly. about that. The one thing I will think is funny, I did see an interview with Carol Swiderski this week who said uh, uh, it was with Top Bin 90, and he said, uh, uh, yeah, I'm more expecting us to be higher up in the table, so we're not really worried about playing the 8-9 uh, <laughs> play-in game. And, and we're, you know, worried. So... You know, they would still play a three-game series, but you get you get the point. That was the perfect answer from King Carroll that I like to see. So, the Charlotte Soccer Show. We've got two more things to do on this podcast. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Rams. Uh, thank you so much to Elizabeth Parlor Room for hosting us on this gorgeous February Thursday afternoon. Right, with Europa League action. What could Tem- be better? Temperatures hitting 80 degrees outside in the QC in February. I'm going to need an evening bike ride to work off these beers. I think for sure. Score prediction for Saturday. Easy. And finishing position in the East. And this is what officially goes on the record. Last year, we had Charlotte FC basically exactly where they finished on the table, within one spot. And this year, we're in the same spot as a year ago. So yeah. On the other side yeah. of the room. Yeah, no and, doubt. And we're back here again. And All right. Gonna, and I've got my predictions. Let's hear them. Saturday, we win 3-2. We're up 3-1, concede, concede decently late the second and have to hold on and have a real gut check, hold on to win 3-2 performance, and I think we do it. Uh, season-wise, I think we're going to finish fourth in the league behind uh, some clo- two, Philadelphia Union, who we don't hate. We don't really care. We, we beat them 4-0. You know, we, don't, yeah. we don't care about them. But then I think two clubs that we hate, unfortunately, are going to – Eke us out. I really like uh, what Columbus Crew has done this year. They're my pick to finish second in the East behind Philadelphia. And then I think Red Bulls, as, as much as I, they just piss me off like it, to no end, I just really think New York Red Bulls, by bringing in this guy Dante Van Zier, this striker, I, like they've, they've made big splashy striker moves before that didn't work out. But I just so I think Red Bulls is, is uh, ready to click it in. And I think they will, Charlotte and Red Bulls will be fighting for third and fourth position all, all season in the East. That's my, that's my prediction. It's a high finish. Everybody else, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, I, I only saw, I think it was, it was either, I think it was Andrew Wiebe who had, is that how you say his last yeah, name? I think so, yeah, yeah. I'd who, have to talk to who him. Who had Charlotte FC fifth. Fifth was the highest any, any pro writer ever gave us, yeah. So um, that's, that's on the high end for sure of what people are predicting this year. I've seen predictions as low as 13th in the East. Well, it's weird. Almost every new commentator on the Apple Plus TV package that was asked this question picked us 13th. It was really weird. Bradley Wright Phillips, Danielle Slayton, like everybody that went to go work for Apple apparently has not been scouting much Charlotte FC tape because that those were like, if you look at it, those, like 
the breakdown, all the people who picked us 13th were like brand new Apple TV Plus commentators. I don't know if that means anything, but it's interesting. Speaking of BWP, Apple. give us some love, man. Speaking of Apple TV, you got Lloyd Sam and Eric Krakauer on the call. Let's go. I can't wait to hear him on the replay when I uh, watch the match again on Sunday on TV after being there Saturday night. Same. Uh, We're going to have a rewatch episode next week. We're going to have a recap episode next week, early next week, recapping the match on Saturday night. And we'll be back here at uh, Elizabeth Parlor Room next Thursday, previewing that St. Louis match, second of the year. Hopefully we're talking about a three-pointer on Saturday night. I'll give my prediction quickly. I'm thinking two to one, Charlotte, on Saturday night at the Fortress. Cheers to everybody who's going to be there. Cheers to everybody in the supporter section who I know is going to be going absolutely wild. We're talking about a 7.30 kick. People are going to be freaking lit. Yeah. This is not going to be like a family atmosphere supporter section (laughs) night. Upper Bowl family atmosphere. Supporter section. Uh, keep the families away this time, I think. Just tell them, yeah. Unless you want your kids to be showered with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why That's why my daughter stopped coming to games with me last year. She was sick of the beer showers, but hey. Uh, no, um, totally agree. It's going to be wild. Uh, we're going to, fifth minute, we're doing a full minute's applause for Anton Walks. Post game, we're seeing Valare for Anton Walks. It's all about traditions. Somewhere, somewhere in the 90 minutes, you can guarantee I'm going to be singing Derek Jones has got it going on in the supporter section. And uh, let's let's build our old traditions. Let's build some new traditions. Let's win some matches, get some points, and drink some beers, have a good time, see some friends, slap some backs. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. We'll see you here if you want to pregame with us on Saturday. We'll see you here around five o'clock. Yeah, I may may come for the two forty five Liverpool match. Maybe. Oh, I saw that there's premiere from ten. Maybe if I can, if I can, if there's, I don't know if there'll be enough time. <laughs> if there's enough time, we'll see. Nice little Saturday. My prediction for Charlotte to finish in the East is sixth. All right. Sixth. Playoff position, baby. Sixth. I just think that. They're going to be in the top seven comfortably off season, and even though I, even though I think Charlotte FC, realistically, if they wanted to go on a run, could win the supporter shield, I just think it's a lot to ask in year two with a group of guys who are all playing together for the first time. If this club could stay together for one more year, if they have a good season, go to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff series, and then come back next year with the same core, it's like, yeah, now it's really go time. But sometimes life doesn't work out that way, and things happen quicker than you realized. So maybe we're talking about a top three finish in the East. But but sixth is the highest for the me. The East and, is pretty weak. But between three and six, I, I have a stretch to get to Red Bulls as a as a competition for us. Three and yeah. six, between yeah. third and sixth, that's where I landed. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going on six on the high side. Just to be a little bit of concern. I say we host okay. a playoff that playoff series. The Charlotte Soccer Show. I hope we do that because uh, we might get two games out of it. We'll yeah, just do three game setup. <laughs> Amazing. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Make sure you do that. Make sure you follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams. Make, make sure you follow me at John Hayes on air. Make sure you, you use the hashtag for the crown. Make sure you join the conversation. Make sure you hit us with that rating. Hit us with that review. And make sure you get after it on Saturday night at the Keep. The club announced, by the way, and I made this mistake last year, Danny Brams, and I'm not going to make it again. 
was not in my seat early enough last year on opening night. There was all the pregame festivities happening. I was just like, you got to drag me away from the bar sometimes. You know, it's like I'm having a good time. Well, I don't want to leave. But this Saturday, I'm going to make sure that for the pregame festivities, for the new, remember the intro song, by the way? Yeah. The, not the intro song, but the intro video. Yeah. The hype video. Right. There's now a sequel to that video that will make its debut. Let's go. On Saturday night. Content so, team's been working overtime. As much as we are looking forward to the the match, the pregame festivities will be just as fun. So make sure you listen to us next week. Make sure you enjoy yourself. Be safe out there. And as always, for the crown, baby. <laughs>